Hello, and welcome to the Drunken Storytellers podcast, where I tell folk tales and folklore from around the globe. So sit back, grab yourself a drink, and enjoy the show. Good evening, morning, afternoon, or kind of whatever time of day it is that you're actually listening to this as a podcast. Now, this is the latest episode of uh, my little random drunk folklore thing that I do. Uh, quick apologies <laughs> about last week's episode to everybody who listened to that um, on the podcast. There was a little bit of an editing faux pas in there. Um, I am very sorry about the the loud noise belch thing that came across kind of halfway through the tale. Um, I had intended to edit that out. I didn't. I'm really sorry about that. This is not a side of me that I kind of wanted to show. So even though I do get drunk a little bit, a little bit tipsy during these, I don't intend to try and put those things out there. Shows that I should probably not do things when I feel ill and under the weather and sober. More fun when I'm drunk. Um, I make less stupid mistakes. Well, I still make stupid mistakes, but oh well. So anyway, right. Um, On with today's show, shall we say. In celebration of the the creatures that I'm talking about, if you've seen the title, you know I'm talking about boggarts. Today, um, I've got one in my logo, that's Humphrey. I was going to tell a story about Humphrey, but I didn't manage to do that. So yeah, anyway, in celebration of talking about boggarts, uh, and not Humphrey, who is my boggart on my, my logo, um, I'm going to be talking about other boggarts. Uh, I'm going to be talking about... Mm, boggarts related to kind of Manchester and Lancashire kind of where they come from so I'm actually drinking some some Shindigger which is a local Manchester brewery uh, this one is Mango Unchained it's kind of a sweet nice fruity uh, session IPA it's nice and fruity and tropical unlike the little bastard fucknuts that are that are boggarts um, where am I and what are my notes yeah so I've got no real news to talk about this week nothing interesting has happened this week to me um or last week and things only thing is the uh, the vest and stuff is moving along quite nicely i'm doing some writing and i got far too carried away in the background story of um writing that and not the actual scenario that i'm going to be running uh so that's kind of funny um i get far too involved in these things when i do them it's like yes i should write a story it's like no no let's just write the background and get really involved in the background and create massive massive amounts of detail that are never going to be looked at because it's a one shot and it's gonna only last three hours um but that's me hey oh i've also started writing some uh, interesting things for vampire the requiem this may or may not get released i'm just playing with some ideas because why not but yes Ooh. My tash. I've got my tash has got a lot longer and it's now dipping into my beard. Need to need to calm it down somehow. Right, anyway, um so today's episode may or may not be longer than not longer, may or may not be shorter than normal. I actually only started planning this at lunchtime today. Cause I'm slack. Uh also as I say, I've been doing things every two weeks, but for some reason this just kind of want, I wanted to do this tonight. Um so yeah, I only started planning this uh, at lunchtime. So I've probably not done as much in-depth, detail-y, checky, background-y research that I wanted to do. So um 
it might be a little bit shorter than normal, I don't know, we'll see. Because you know that I like to go on tangents and shit and talk crap, so... Right, anyway, yeah, so today I'm going to be talking about uh, those wonderful, friendly, happy-go-lucky, little, mischievous fucknuts known as boggarts. So first things first, as always, what actually is a boggart? Uh, where do they come from? What are they? Who are they? And why are they fucknuts, basically? So, um, it's a creature from English folklore. It's I'm, I'm staying for once, I'm actually staying in England, I'm not, I'm not venturing out elsewhere and looking at other weird countries and stuff. I'm saying in, in England, and I'm saying even more local to, to than just England. I'm staying um, to kind of Lancashire and Manchester. So uh, Manchester is just kind of at the bottom edge of Lancashire, and, Lancashire um, and there's bits of North Manchester that actually fit in the Lancashire county. Um, the big cities in England and counties, they kind of don't really fit together. You get the big cities and they don't fit in a county. But Lancashire, I would you've got Lancashire and Derbyshire kind of and Cheshire all kind of around Manchester. So yeah, um, Lancashire's the north. Um, and yeah, so we're talking about those in Boggarts kind of around this area. That's where they're most famous for. They they generally come from Lancashire, but I'll deal with that later. Um, they're generally uh, malevolent little trickster. Or mischievous goblin-like creatures, um, and some are known to take on different forms. Not just like the goblin humanoid form; they can take forms such as a horse or a cow. And it's probably where they kind of they get the the idea of them in Harry Potter of shape changes. A lot of what you see in Harry Potter as, as boggarts are not traditional folklore boggarts, but we still see them again in like popular culture around other areas. Uh, so yeah, you've got them in Harry Potter and things. Um, they can, they, they generally tend to be quite small creatures, so that hence the goblin-like nature, but you can get them up to kind of sizes as large as like a small calf, so a small cow, um, which is kind of interesting. So there's kind of varying takes on like shapes and sizes of what a bogger actually is. Excuse me, I'm coughing a lot. Dry throat, I should take a drink. I should slurp again down the microphone just to annoy you. It's probably breaking my microphone doing that. <laughs> so, I, I, I apologise. I, I don't know. I was in a Zoom call with people from university earlier and we were talking about all sorts of weird shit. Um, something about making coffee, instant coffee with pickle juice because instant coffee is horrible so why wouldn't you make it with something horrible and the response was actually it makes instant coffee better i disagree uh because you but yeah uh so i'm in a funny mood <laughs> uh but anyway okay back to boggarts uh no sidetracks honest gov uh boggarts the name actually comes from a term in welsh mythology uh i'm gonna try and pronounce this Wigger, B-W-G-A, Boiger, Boiger, Boiger. I can't really remember how you do the B-W sound in, in Welsh. I do know that sometimes the W makes an O sound, I don't know. So Boiger is where I'm going with that. Um, they, they share a lot of characteristics with kind of other folkloric creatures. Um, and they are pretty much connected in the same block of creatures so you've got things like the bugbear the boggy the boggle and the bogan these are all boggarts as well 
And there are connections to other folkloric creatures as well, not just things that share similar names and similar characteristics. And this is kind of where the, the creation of the boggart comes from. Uh, so there's connections to um, hobgoblins, silkies and brownies. Not selkies, silkies. S-I-L, not S-E-L on that one. These are household spirits and things that generally are quite nice and helpful. Um, and hobgoblins originally, in the original folktales and the original history of them, they were quite nice and helpful creatures. It's just when Christianity started to take control over things, they didn't really like these things. And you've got the name goblin in there and goblins are generally not particularly nice creatures. And so it got twisted and they became what they are now. Um, but yeah, so boggarts come from these creatures hobgoblins silkies and brownies and when they get mistreated and over and, and um teased and things they become boggarts um or at least one form of boggart so there are different forms of boggarts um, i'm not going to go into those because i didn't actually look too much into detail in the vast different types of boggarts that there are there are two which I'm going to cover, which is where we're going to go into next, and why we're kind of talking about household sprites and spirits. So yeah, if you if you kind of mess with them, they turn into boggarts and they become malevolent and a bit like, oi, we were helping you, you pissed us off, so we're now going to piss you off, you little bastard. Um, so yeah, uh, they're kind of, you've got two types, as I say, they're either a cheeky, annoying household spirit, um, or they are what is known as a malevolent genius loci. Uh, which basically means they attach themselves to a specific geographical feature, is what I'm going to say there. So if they're if they're household spirit, the weird thing about this is they don't attach themselves to the house. They attach themselves to the family who live in that house. So the family who lived in that house, if they were a brownie or a silky, and they were help they, they were being helpful to the family, and the family was like, "I don't need your help. Bugger off. Fuck off. Go away." And uh, just kind of nasty to the 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 sprite the sprite turns into a bogger and then kind of pisses around with the family rather than pissing around with the house um, and i'll talk about that more when i talk about bogger hole clough um in a bit and they didn't they tend to cause all sorts of mischief in the house they make things disappear because um, they're tea leaving little bastards uh, they make milk go sour and they make dogs go lame and stuff like that um, when they're kind of connected to a geographical location, so things like fields, marshes, or other landmarks that kind of have a bit of a mystery behind them, this is when they get a bit more evil and a bit more malevolent and nasty. They are often connected with child disappearances and abductions of children, so they do take on a much more malevolent, evil feel to them. Um, and they tend to kind of punish those who they see has offended them and slighted them in some small and unperceived way. Um, so be careful if you're out in an area where there's a bogger, um, be careful because you never know what's actually going to piss it off and what what kind of things will lead it to be upset and then take its punishment out on you. So, right, uh, where are we now? What are we talking about now? Okay, oh, this was a fun thing that I found out. Um, I did do a little bit of research in this, so I do know a little bit about boggarts, but not massive amounts. I am literally on starting my journey into folklore. One of the reasons why I do this podcast is to help me kind of delve further into it and 
is actually brilliant teaching me a lot of stuff and I'm finding out a lot of new stuff. And this is one of the things that I found out about Boggarts. And this is interesting. Vampires. Boggarts and vampires. So, um, one of the ways that you can get rid of a Boggart is actually through um, the way you kill them. And the way you kind of do that is basically you treat them like a vampire. You bury them with a stake, wooden stake, stuck through the body. It doesn't specifically give a, a region the body that you do this to, so it's not specifically the heart like it would be with a vampire, but it's just a wooden stake rammed through the body, and you then bury them. There are examples where you also need to put a cockerel on top of the body, and then ram the stake through the cockerel and the boggart itself. I'm not too sure on why there's a connection there with cockerels and chickens, um, and I was going to look that up, but as I say, I started planning this at lunchtime today, so I've not really had time to look it up, but it's, it's, it's a thing apparently. If you want to look it up, do it yourself. I've now got something down here copied from somewhere else that I was going to briefly read, but I didn't. So what does this say? I'm not going to read this out because this is from a different website and is not technically public domain stuff. So I'm going to read it and then I'm going to say stuff. So I apologise. I'm going to randomly hum when I say things. <laughs> oh, this was it. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't name a boggart. So I've seen this elsewhere as well. Boggarts being uh, mischievous little bastards and kind of, they're not demons and they're not related to religion technically, and but they have the same thing as you don't name them and you don't call out their name. Because if you do, then they have power. And if you give them a name, they can't be reasoned with or persuaded in things. And so they would become even more uncontrollable and even more destructive and even more violent and nasty towards you. So that's kind of cool. I think the rest of it is just kind of stuff that I've already mentioned that I've put here. Oh no, there's kind of like, there are there are records of named boggarts. So there's a record in Lancashire of a boggart called Nutnan, which I think is a kind of fun name. Um, he apparently flitted with a shrill scream among hazel bushes in Moston, near Manchester. And there's some other stuff in there that I've written that I'm not going to go over. Well, I've not written, I've nicked from somewhere, so I'm not actually going to read that. Because I don't want to get done. But yeah, um, so there's a there's quite a bit of um, folklore in a book, in in those wonderful 19th century folklorists that we have. So there's the Lancashire Folklore Book of 1867 has a lot of information on boggarts, and a lot of this comes from that book, but in, with with a modern take on it. And this is why we know that there's a big connection with Lancashire because we've got that book, and they have a lot of stories about boggarts in there. There are others. They they do appear in other areas of England but are really not as prevalent as they are in, in Lancashire um, there are so there's there's Lancashire and Yorkshire as well we see them in Yorkshire as well so as we're talking about connections to places as I say Lancashire area um, and the tale that I will talk about later uh, one famous one um, is as I mentioned earlier a place called Boggart Hole Clough this is a, a municipal park in Manchester Hence why I say it's local today. Are you being local? Keep it local. So yeah, um, Boggart Hole Clough sits on the border between uh, the boroughs of Blakely and Moston in in North Manchester. It's a kind of it's a really nice little uh, municipal park. It's got some really wooded areas that seem quite 
overgrown and just kind of left to go where they are there's a lake in the middle of it and then there's some like playing fields and stuff in there as well and it's surrounded by a lot of housing estates and i'll leave that up to your imagination with manchester and housing estates but yeah clough is a um and actually an old northern dialect word for a wooded steep-sided valley and yeah boggart hole clough has quite a few of these running through it so these are kind of the, the the areas that have been left to kind of go natural there's also a few culverts and drains and things that run through it as well um but there's 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 a few there's a few cloths that run through it um and these are all these all have boggart stories connected to them and there are there's many many kind of little folk tales and folk legends that connect uh, boggarts to this place um, one of the stories that is really easy to find when you look at this is the story of George Cheatham, who was a local farmer back in the day. There's no real connection to a date that I could see on my quick little research that I did today on it. Uh, so, but yeah, George Leatham, who's a local farmer, and he was forced to fee, fee, flee. Words. He was forced to flee along with his family um, due to a boggart that was tormenting them quite badly. Um, but as noted earlier. Boggarts don't attach themselves to buildings; they attach themselves to families. So George Cleatham must have Cheatham. Sorry, Cheatham is also another area in Manchester, Cheatham Hill. So there's another connection there to Manchester. Um, George Cheatham must have done something to piss off the boggart, or created the boggart somehow by pissing off a brownie um, or silky or something. So we'd done that, it had attached itself to the family rather than the building and the farm that they were living in. And so as they were leaving, uh, the boggart decided he was going to follow them. And he sat, he, he jumped in, into one of their milk churns and as, as they were going along and trying to leave the farm because of his torments, the, um, the, the, the boggart, I forgot the word, I was going to call him a silky then, the boggart um, started tormenting them from outside of the... Uh, the milk churn outside inside the milk churn and was harassing them and calling them like oh you're running away oh you're all weak and you can't cope with it ha 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 i made you leave but i'm following you so your life is still going to be a misery blah, 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 blah. and so yeah little asshole basically so um being unable to escape this boggart who's obviously following them around they decided to return back to the farm and um that's the story the boggart forced them to leave but followed them so they went back again so it's like well we could find a new place or we could just stay in the same place and have the same problems or we could go to a new place and have new problems setting up a new farm with the same bastard who's made us leave um there are other places as i say uh, around so you've got uh boggart stones this one's a little bit dark and iffy i suppose it's a little bit upsetting in some respects so there's a boggart stones uh in the yorkshire moors yeah, so they have connections to things that happened in, in kind of the 60s and modern history. Um, they overlook the moor where Ian Brady and Myra Hindley, the moor's murderers, um, some in fa very, very famous English serial, serial killers, um, where they buried two of the bodies of their child victims. Um, and the, where, they where the police found the bodies was actually in direct view of the Boggart Stones. So you've got the connection here with Boggart's being connected to child abduction and then finding it's quite a dark dark story and connection there which is a bit weird uh moving on from that 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 dark connection uh to boggarts we have boggart bridge in burnley um where tradition states that if you cross the bridge you must give the boggarts something alive Ooh. 
doesn't state what it needs to be, but it needs to be alive. Um, if you don't, you forfeit your soul. <laughs> the boggart takes your soul. Um, so there's that. Again, in Yorkshire, you've got the boggart roaring holes. These are a group of potholes. Not potholes in, like, road potholes, but potholes as in potholing, like caves and, and things. Um, these are in the moors and the Yorkshire Dales, uh, where legend has it again uh, that they're... Uh, oh, hang on, this is going over different pages, so I'm confused here. Legend has it that uh, they are dwelling in this place is an ugly flesh-eating boggart whose angry growls can be heard echoing from the depths of the caverns. So that's kind of cool. And then there's one last little bit of information I'm going to give you before we begin the tale. Yeah, so the last little bit is about boggarts in Lancashire. It is believed that, and again this comes from the, the Lancashire Folklore book as kind of our main source for it, it's believed that um, the Boggarts were ruled over by a, a leader who also is connected to a lot of other kind of evil, malevolent creatures within the Lancashire area. And he's an old creature known as Old Ob. Old Ob. And Old is the old way of spelling Old if you're a northerner. And that's O-W-A-O-W-D. So Old Ob. And Ob is H-O-B because northerners don't like to say H's. Who is a... He's a horned and hoofed creature, similar in appearance to a satyr. Satyr, sorry. Um, he has an arrow-headed tail and a wicked face with two shining orbs for eyes and a pointed beard. <laughs> Shame I don't have hooves and horns. Or shiny eyeballs. And my beard's not that pointy. It's kind of scraggly. So, yeah, well, I can wish. Uh, but when he was angry, he was also said to spit flame and flick out his forked tongue. So kind of very, very much connected with the idea of devil, really, there. It's very much a goat kind of creature. Um, a bit like, actually, a, um, you know what I've got on there? Um, Krampus. A bit like that, I suppose, but more humanoid. It's basically the modern image of a devil that you see kind of going around. But he wasn't kind of, he wasn't portrayed as a devil. He was portrayed as the leader of groups of evil creatures. Which is kind of cool. So that is that's kind of like a, a an introduction into into Boggarts and and Lancashire and and Manchester and how they connect to the local area where I am. It's kind of cool in and the, there's some fun things in there that I found out when I was doing this, like the vampire murder thing was kind of cool, um, and the the little bit about Old Ob was kind of nice to know as well. But anyway, so that's it for this part of the episode. And now we'll move on to the next part of the episode, which is, as you know, if you've followed the format before, where we go into the the tales and an actual an actual folk tale that relates to kind of the the, the creature or the the theme and things that I've been talking about in the other part of the episode. So this is part two. And this is the the tale. This is the tale of the Gristlehurst ghost. So uh, this is a bit of an odd tale today in the way that I'm telling it and it, because of where I'm actually taking the tale from. I'm actually taking the tale from the Haywood Advertiser from the 10th of December 1886. Now Haywood is a small village in Lancashire sat between Bury and Rochdale and the Haywood Advertiser is the newspaper from that area. And well, Bury and uh, Rochdale, mm, pleasant towns shall we say. Rochdale's quite often listed as one of the worst places to live in England. And it's 
just north of Manchester, just north of me. I've ridden my bike through it a few times. It's certainly uh, got some interesting side streets. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, so, as comes with a lot of the 19th century kind of folklore ideas and things and the folktales and things, when we start reading them from the, the, the actual... Uh, what do you call them, public domain stories that I'm allowed to read and not get done for. Uh, a newspaper is obviously public domain. Um, it's quite a local newspaper and it is 19th century, so the language is a little bit funky. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to do a, a, a northern accent for you. And my accent and my, my, my way of speaking is a bit weird anyway. Amalgamations of living in multiple places with multiple people from all over the world. Uh, so yeah. Um, I am, as I say, I'm going to literally read the article from the newspaper um, about the Grizzlehurst ghost, and we'll see where it goes with this. I've not read this in its entirety before yet, so this could be quite entertaining. I'm literally just going to be reading this for the first time out loud by myself now. It's going to go wrong. Let us begin. Ghosts, or boggarts are an old and awe-striking family. They belong to all nations and have played important parts in the histories of kings and dynasties. They have a power to make their presence felt. And our grandmothers aver that when they were young, every old ruin and the sight of almost every old hall a ghost. The one that did watch and ward over the site of, old, of the old hall at Grisselhurst was quite inoffensive ghost. It occasionally caused the hair of a man who saw it to stand erect and lift off its own hat in different deference to it, and young women taking a walk at night would cling still closer to their male companions as they passed the place where it was said the boggart had been seen. As I say, this is 19th century, this is 1886 or whatever it was, so do forgive them and their proclivities. The Gristlehurst ghost was a quiet country bogger who knew its business and attended to it, and cared not to shine above its station, as many who have not yet become ghosts embitter and spend their lives striving to do. Had the Gristlehurst ghost been given to travelling, we might have thought from its quiet, inoffensive and harmless nature that it was the one that in the form of an old man warned James IV of Scotland not to undertake the invasion of England, for which he was then preparing, which ended in his death and destruction of his army and the flower of his nobility on the battlefield of Flodden. James would not listen to the warning. He would fight, and fighting fell. The Gristlehurst ghost was a silent one. It did not divulge family secrets, as some of them are said to have done, nor did it flit about the camps to frighten the souls of fearful adversaries. It was the connecting link between the past and the present, and had rendered long suit and service to the family of which it was the only saviour. Boggarts have a great objection to gaslight, and although there was not a lamp near the usual haunts of the one at Gristlehurst, it saw too much and became disgusted with the boisterous hilarity and the unseemly carryings on of young people returning in the evening from Ashworth Valley. It held its position for long after most of the boggarts of the neighbourhood had vacated their posts and their unappreciated occupations. There has been a complete exodus of boggarts from Lancashire, 
where they have located themselves is unknown. I'm guessing Manchester and Boggart Holclough and fucking around with the locals in Manchester because this place is fucking weird. They were too sensitive for the times in which we live. Probably even more sensitive now, I should probably say. Uh, they could not stand the enemy which board schools and schools in general were raising up against them. Fucking teenagers. They had no bond of union and no power of resistance, and they were forced, through too much intellectual light being thrown upon them, to emigrate from the scenes of their ghostly life. No! Don't get rid of them! Don't be intelligent! Don't get rid of these wonderful folkloric creatures! But as we see, when people get more intelligent, obviously these things kind of disappear as we actually realise. And products of our imagination and, and, and ways of dealing with folklore and, and not dealing with folklore dealing with human condition and, and things like that so they had no bond of union and no power of resistance and they were forced through too much intellectual things duh, 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 to emigrate from the scenes of their ghostly life where the generations some of them had settled to seek for settlements in localities where belief in ghosts still lingers and where they are treated with the difference that they have long accustomed to receive where board schools and the standards to which youngsters are now raised unknown. Board schools, I'm guessing, means boarding schools, so rich pricks, uh, you ran out the uh, the little ghosties and you upset them. If you listen to my last episode, you know what my opinions are on Tories and rich pricks, so we'll not go into that one now. Right, moving on. The Gristlehurst Boggart was much maligned and charged with criminal and mischievous pro propensities that were quite foreign to its nature. On one similar occasion, a taproom topper who would have just a pint in the bird in hand before leaving there late at night in a somewhat obfuscated state. Sounds like me. Fucking hell, was I pissed at this point? Am I like the reincarnation of this dude? Because I see shit and I get drunk and I'm very much in an obfuscated state most of my life. Anyway, uh, so, in a somewhat obfuscated state, took the wrong way and got into Gristlehurst Lane. Coming round a bit, he realised the fact that he was near the horned of the boggart. Thinking he saw... Sum up. He left the lane and sought his home, where on arriving he saw and heard... Sum up. That wanted to know what he had done with his wages. And yes, summer here is actually in quotation marks, hence the reason why I'm actually pronouncing it differently. So, uh, yeah, okay, whatever. He did not accuse the boggart, which he told his wife he had seen of having picked his pockets, but he assured her that after he had seen summer, he found he had less money in his pocket than he had when he went into to bird. And to bird being the, the northern way of saying the. To bird? I went to bird and had a few pints and like Yorkshire kind of. Uh, I apologise to anybody from Yorkshire listening to that. Uh, please don't hurt me. Other charges were often brought against the bogger. If the milkmaid stumbled and spilled the milk she was carrying from the shippen where she had milked the cows, the blame was laid upon the bogger for having startled her. When she came home at night and was asked who the young man was that they had seen accompanying her, she would say it was a friend of hers who had come with her to see her safe past the chicken. Safe past the chickens? Nope, missed a line out there. To see her safe past the boggart. 
If the family's wife found a number of eggs addled when she expected a brood of chickens, the blame was laid upon the boggart for having frightened the hen from the nest. Whenever anything went wrong with cows, the boggart was charged with being the cause. These and other false accusations made it very make, made its very existence a burden to it. Modern innovation at last forced it to flee from the place. It was as faithful to the family of the Holtz of Gristlehurst as in as is the Banshee, which haunts the ruined hall of Shane's Castle and wails over the ruined fortress of the kingly house of the O'Neills. The Boggart has gone. So there you go. Uh, that is the article in its fullest. Uh, so we see there that there seems to be these weird connections, like the Boggart is being they're connecting the Boggart to the the bad things and they're saying it's the boggart's fault and so the people are saying this but the article saying it's not actually the boggart's fault so it's kind of leaning back to that old feeling of whether it's a brownie and actually a good kind of ghost or in as i say they're connecting it here to ghosts as well rather than sprites and stuff so is it is there a weird connection there between ghosts and sprites and other things i'll leave that up to you to kind of decide as to kind of how you feel with that um, I kind of enjoyed that little bit of way of doing it and uh, it talks about banshees there at the end and it's kind of reminded me that I do need to do an episode on banshees as well but I also need to do an episode on goblins, hobgoblins, brownies, sprites the seedy court, the unseedy court and the Mabinogion and the, the Fane cycle and, and Fenmacall and all that kind of stuff and Tamlin and, and then go off to Japan and talk about all those kind of things and the Kilin and... and uh, there's so much that I need to talk about that I should probably shut up and not give you spoilers. I do know what my next episode is going to be about, and it's kind of a little bit of a controversial one. Well, it's not really controversial, this one, but it kind of leads into controversial ideas of what folklore is and where it comes from. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's certainly very, very, very modern, and I will leave you at that. So um, that's it for this episode. Uh, please do like and subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you listen to it, whether that's on Spotify, Apple or Podbean or wherever it is that you find this thing. If you're on Apple, please do leave me a rating and leave me a comment as that's the best way to kind of promote it. Otherwise, just kind of share it around your friends and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and please do let me know what you think. You can find me over on Twitter at the Drunken Store One. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as the Drunken Storyteller. I don't really post that much on Facebook. I'm trying to be more active on Twitter. I do share a lot of re I retweet a lot of stuff rather than post my own stuff. Um, and you can also email me at the Drunken Storyteller UK at gmail.com. So that's all as kind of one word, no spaces, no hyphens, nothing like that. And you can send me suggestions on topics and stories to cover and talk about. And uh, you can also find me over on another podcast known as Darker Days Radio, where we talk about horror-themed RPGs, World of Darkness and Chronicles of Darkness stuff. And we also talk a little bit about the World of Dark... Uh, not the World of Darkness, I just said that. Uh, about the Warhammer RPGs. We are running our Enemy Within Warhammer Fantasy campaign over on Gehenna Gaming. Um, I am GMing that game, so you can kind of watch me fuck with some people in an RPG there. Uh, the first two episodes over are on the Gehenna Gaming YouTube channel. If you want to catch the rest of the episodes, you will need to subscribe to the Gehenna Gaming Twitch service. Um, 
I'm hoping that the other episodes will be up soon. I know they've, they've been busy with VHC and stuff, which you'll have heard about in my other episodes. But anyway, uh, the drink has run dry. Um, so all that is left for me to say is thank you for listening and goodbye, my friends.